Well, we're going to tackle some Thanksgiving issues this uh, this hour for you. One of them, and I've been thinking about this a lot ever since um, I've been on a few planes this year already. I've been away a couple of times. And uh, there's a few things you notice when you get back on a plane these days after really not flying at all for uh, a few years during the height of the pandemic. One, the seats are awfully close together and the aisles are awfully, like the rows are awfully tight. There's no leg room anymore. Um, Everyone has carry-on luggage now, lots of it, so it's become a bit of a fiasco when it comes to the overhead bins. And because people haven't spent that much time together in, with strangers in that kind of environment, close quarters to say the least, uh, we've kind of forgotten how to be pleasant with each other in those environments. Not all together, it's all pretty civilized, but it's not great. Um, so as we're heading into one of the busiest travel weekends of the year, Thanksgiving, um, not everyone's flying, of course, many people drive, but... I thought we would uh, try and get some tips on this. This idea actually comes from a story that I saw online about an argument uh, that developed recently on a plane. It was a 10-hour flight to Greece uh, when someone was approached by a woman. They had paid extra for their seat. Keep in mind, they paid extra for the seat to be closer to the front so they could get off quicker. Um, A woman came up to him and asked if they could have their seat because their family, the rest of their family, was sitting beside them, was sitting in that row. Uh, or the row right beside it. Her seat was about 20 rows back. And so the person in question who paid extra for the seat said, no, I'm not giving up my seat. I paid extra for this. I don't want to sit 20 rows back. And this turned into a bit of an online thing. This person then posted something on Reddit saying, was I in the wrong? Most people supported him for doing this, for for not giving up the seat. Most people did. Uh, Let me know what you think of that. 877-399-9898 is the text line. 877-399-9898. Do you always give up your seat to allow a family to sit together? I normally do. If I paid extra for it, I probably wouldn't. Uh, But maybe. It depends on the circumstances, right? Depends where the other seat was. And also, sometimes it just depends on how you're asked, right? Uh, But it got me thinking about the do's and don'ts while flying. And uh, again, wait times, smaller seats, tighter rows, lots of carry-on luggage, many many of us out of practice. We wanted to get some advice. So joining me now is Jacqueline Whitmore. She's an international etiquette expert and founder of the Protocol School of Palm Beach. She's also author of Poised for Success and a former flight attendant. Thanks so much for your time. My pleasure, Ben. Well, I was flying again. I've been flying again this year for the first time in quite a long time. And uh, there are a lot of curious things going on in those tight spaces we call airplanes. Uh, And one of them is sort of, I, I realized this relearning on how to fly together in those confined areas um, and basic etiquette. Uh, what have you found? I mean, I imagine you've been flying as well. Have we forgotten how to how to be polite and kind to each other in those environments? Well, I think the seats are getting smaller and smaller and the leg room is even much smaller. So that's what I noticed first and foremost when I got on a plane last week to Mississippi But I was fortunate in that I had direct flights and they were very short. So there wasn't a whole lot of time to meet and mingle and to be um, disturbed by the other passengers around me. However, I have to tell this real quick story. There, There were two people behind me who were talking rather loudly. And as you know, on an airplane, voices carry And they were having a conversation. They were clearly two strangers asking each other all sorts of questions. And after the plane took off and we reached a a cruising altitude, I just went 
to the row, maybe three rows up, there, there was a whole row that was empty. And it was actually uh, in the, I guess you could call the seat category that I booked, the cheap seats, if right. you will. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, yes. But it was a whole row that was available and I got up to move. And um, I, I know that there's been a lot written about that in the media, about people not being able to travel together for whatever reason, and they asked to move seats and so forth. But in this particular situation, it was okay, and no one said anything, and everything went very well. Yeah, what do you make of that? Because this was sort of the genesis of this story was this Reddit battle that happened online when a uh, someone sitting on their own was asked by a family to move because they wanted to sit together, but they had paid extra for this seat. And it was a long flight. And of course, what ended up happening is that he refused to leave. Um, and that caused some consternation. What's your take on the etiquette of if you paid for extra for that seat, should you give it up? Okay, so this is this is my thought. When you pay extra for a seat, you pay for a reason, whether it be extra leg room or maybe you just want to get some work done or you just want to be closer to the front because you want to deplane quicker. So if someone asks me, may I switch seats with you? And it's still in the same seat category and still in the same type of seat I booked. For example, I love the aisle seat for that very reason, so I can get in and out quicker, I probably wouldn't have um, a problem with that. But in this particular situation that you're referring to, this man was traveling for 10 hours. It was an international flight, and there was um, a father and two children. Uh, I think it was across from him or in the same section. And the mother who was sitting 20 rows back wanted to be moved up with her family. So my advice is this, when that happens, it's best to do it before you get on the airplane. It's something that you can ask for when you are um, at the ticket counter. It's something you can request when you are uh, pre-boarding, getting ready to board. It's something you can ask the flight attendant, but to put a particular passenger in that situation is very uncomfortable. So in that case, I feel that she was wanting to move from a lesser um, seat to a more expensive seat. And he clearly paid for that seat. So I don't blame him for not wanting to give it up. Yeah, that's a good point that you shouldn't really put the onus of that decision on the person who paid for the seat. You should ask the airline if they can accommodate you. I would imagine that that makes perfect sense, doesn't it? It does. And it happens all the time. I used to be a flight attendant back in the 90s, 1992. I worked for Northwest Airlines. And we used to uh, hear these requests all the time. And of course, flying was a lot different back then than it is now. Planes are packed. They are so packed now that there really isn't much opportunity to move at all. And so if if you know you're going to be seated away from your family, you can even call ahead. You can call the reservation number and see if there have been any cancellations. Maybe you could be put on a wait list or something. But to ask someone, I, I mean, like I said, there are extenuating circumstances and etiquette is situational 
But this was clearly something that I think could have been handled. It could have been taken care of way ahead of time. Yeah, I mean, you raise a good point. I guess there are a lot of little things that as even in your brief time in, in that situation, there are a lot of little things that passengers should know that are accommodatable uh, if asked for in a certain way. Yes, yes. And how the mother ended up in the back and the rest of the family ended up in the front was probably no accident. Maybe they wanted to save a few dollars and they hoped for the best when they got to the airport. I don't know. And maybe they did try and ask for um, a different seat at the ticket counter and it was denied. And they might have asked at the um, at the gate and it was denied. And they thought, well, maybe we'll try it one last time. And that could be a possibility, but I don't blame the passenger for refusing to give up his seat because he clearly paid for that seat for a reason. One of the big things I noticed, of course, because of all the problems with uh, with luggage, everyone's bringing carry-on these days. But that also means that everything's very crowded on the plane, people coming on with these huge bags. So what is the etiquette around your carry-on luggage? Are you allowed to stuff it in a seat aisle that's not yours when you get on the plane? Because that's always a real annoyance for people. That is an annoyance. And so I, I see that all the time. Not only was I a flight attendant, but I fly a lot for my job. And I see people get boarding the plane and putting their bags in first class. And then they're seated in 42A. <laughs> <laughs> it is clever. It is clever. It's just, but still. Wrong. It's just yeah. wrong. So uh, common sense will tell you, you should keep your bags with you. Now, there are circumstances where you might board the plane later and all the bins are full. That happens quite frequently. And in that case, usually you have to tag your bag at the door and it is put in the belly of the plane. Uh, and that happens quite frequently. Or uh, if, if, it can, if it's a smaller bag, it can fit under the seat. But now the seats are so small that there's hardly any room for a handbag. So I would just say prior planning prevents poor performance. So if Indeed. you know you have a carry-on bag, don't wait until the last minute to get on that airplane. You get on when they call your your row or your section and don't get to the airport late because you now you're putting everybody at an inconvenience, including yourself. Yeah, that's my trick. I always try to anticipate when my zone is going to get called to sort of roll right in at the beginning. So I know that my seat, because of the way the zoning works, that I know above my seat, will there be enough room for my little suitcase? And that, that brings me to just the size of the seats now. It is it is ludicrous when you look at it. When you get on those planes, it's so, and I'm not a big person, but man, those seats are small. Putting your seat back. I've kind of stopped putting my seat back these days because I just figure, you know, maybe a little bit, but there's just not enough room anymore. What is the etiquette of putting your seat back? Because some people just sit down and then they recline and they recline right onto your lap these days. <laughs> well, the seats were obviously designed to recline for a reason, and that's to give you a little bit of comfort. So everyone has the right to recline. However, if it's meal time, 
or you know the person behind you is trying to get some work done and has a computer on his or her tray table, that's probably not the best time to recline. So I would always suggest that when you're having a meal or even a snack that you keep your seat upright. And if if you do recline, just do it gently. Don't just swing back. Uh, look back a little bit before you start to recline and make sure that the person behind you does not have a laptop or something on his tray table and, and recline gently. Yeah, this isn't, yeah, this isn't the old days. I remember I'm old enough to remember when flying was actually quite comfortable, regardless of where you sat and you could easily recline and leave enough room for the person behind you to still feel comfortable. But these days, if someone slams their seat back or, or reclines fully right into you, it really feels like they're sitting on your lap. It really does. <laughs> it It really does. Yes. Um, a few other things. I mean, I don't know what your pet peeves are. Taking your shoes off is is one of mine. I'm like, why would you take, you wouldn't take your shoes off at a restaurant. Why are you taking your shoes off on a plane? I totally agree with you. That is one of my pet peeves. If you're going to be on a long flight, bring a pair of socks or bring a pair of slippers or something. I will tell you, having worked for the airlines, I know how filthy those floors are. They never get cleaned ever. And just because there's liquid on the floor does not mean that's water. It could be <laughs> something else. So for sanitary reasons, for your own safety, it's best that you either keep your shoes on or wear a pair of socks. <laughs> That is that is good to know. Any other advice for passengers in these heated times, um, given your experience and just in, in terms of how to get the most out of, out of a flight like that? I realize it's crowded these days. There's not a lot of flexibility about being able to move, being able to get more leg room. It's crowded in there. But what would you suggest when, when people get on planes these days, But especially with the staff? Because the staff can often be very helpful if only you ask politely. Yes, I agree. I believe that you should always pack your manners along with you, arrive early because there are going to be delays. And so you need to anticipate all of these delays because if you get to the gate and you're stressed out, then that makes for a very unenjoyable flight. So I would just suggest that you respect those around you when you're wearing, um, when you're listening to music or a movie or something like that, always wear your earphones so that you don't disturb other people. Keep your voice to a low conversational tone if you're having a, a conversation with a seatmate. And don't bring really smelly foods on the plane. That's another pet peeve of mine. Bringing anything with a lot of onions and garlic you're in an enclosed environment and the smells permeate as well. So try to, of course, you have to bring your own food nowadays because they don't serve them on the, this serve is true. It on the plane. This is so, true. Uh, but you can choose wisely or eat before you get on the plane or something. I'm just giving you suggestions, but uh, yeah. I would also say just keep the lavatories clean. I can't believe the, the lavatories that I've seen in the past, paper everywhere. Um, it It's disgusting. So it is. It just is. Tr treat it as if it's uh, maybe not your own home because some people 
don't treat their homes very well either, but just be mindful that other people have to use that space. Jacqueline Whitmore, um, thank you for all your insight on this, uh, both between etiquette and flying, a perfect mix, a per perfect insight. Thanks so much. Thank you.